Welcome to episode 101, a 34-part episode on Catholicism 101, the foundations of our Catholic faith. These episodes originally premiered on YouTube. You can find the original video linked in the description to this episode, as well as a discussion guide for your benefit and whoever you might be listening with. A friendly reminder and invitation to please, if you have not yet done so, please rate and review this podcast. It helps other people find it. It's such a great way to get this podcast out there and for you to share it with others. But remember, the highest compliment you could pay this podcast and myself is to share this episode or any episode on social media. And you can do that by simply posting it on your story or tagging us in a post. At Mana Food for Thought is our Instagram handle. At Mana F4T is our Twitter and our Facebook page is just Mana Food for Thought. You can find all of that on our website, manafoodforthought.com, as well as all of our previous content. And if you'd like to become a financial sponsor for as little as $1 a month, you can do that by clicking on the Patreon tab on our website. If you have not yet done so, I really want to invite you to check out our friends at Thrive Coffee. It's Coffee with a Mission. Their website is drinkthrive.org, and they are a nonprofit craft coffee roaster in Richmond, Virginia. They use coffee to create careers and training opportunities for individuals with disabilities. Uh, they ship nationwide. Their beans are locally roasted in small batches. They make blends, and three bags sold pays for one hour of work for their differently abled employees. So go to drinkthrive.org, buy a few bags, and if you use promo code MANA, M-A-N-N-A, at checkout, you will get 15% off your first order. With that being said, enjoy the next installment in episode 101, a 34-part episode on Catholicism 101. Enjoy. Growing up, I had a hard time with rules. I was always testing boundaries, questioning authority, and never doing something simply because I was supposed to. I never blatantly disobeyed, but... I was always trying to find a loophole or get as close to the line as I possibly could. If a sign said no trespassing, I wanted to go take a peek. If a door said do not enter, I would try the handle and see if I could just get a glimpse of what was inside. And on one such occasion, I remember I was driving with my girlfriend at the time, past a building in an undisclosed location, but it was near where I grew up. And this building had a lot of rumors associated with it. It was surrounded by very high fences and greenery, making it completely private and inaccessible except for a main entrance which had a guard station and a gate and as we were driving by we were wondering um, what it was so we decided that um, not we I decided that we would go find out it was a little after dark maybe around like eight o'clock so not super late but there was no visible people or lights on near the entrance so I was just gonna pull in see if I could see a sign or if there was just a person locking up and I could just say hey what is this place but the second I pulled into this driveway, two huge motion-activated spotlights were shining directly on my car. And all of a sudden, I could hear out my window radios going off and the sounds of people running toward where we were. I backed out so fast, and I got the heck out of there. Following the rules in that instance would have been a good idea. And as I've mentioned before, the rules and authority of the church were given by God to us not to oppress us, but to protect us, specifically to protect us from sin and to set us free from it. That's why he gave us the commandments. Now, the third and the fourth commandments in particular are a reminder that there is a proper place for authority in our lives, and it must be honored and respected. So the third commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days you may labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath 
of the Lord your God. Why is this important? Well, when God created the world in Genesis, he rested on the seventh day to enjoy the good of creation. It was not a time of inactivity, but a time to shift perspective and refocus on what matters most. If we were never to stop working, when would we ever have time to contemplate or worship God or nourish a loving relationship with him or anyone else for that matter? So the Sabbath at the time of the Jews was from sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday. But after Jesus rose from the dead, he rose on a Sunday. And so the early Christians shifted their Sabbath to Sundays to separate this new movement, this new way um, from the Old Testament Jewish faith. Um, But recognizing it came up out of that. So I want to point out also that for us, um, as we, you know, we worship on Sundays, but there are Uh, There is a practice of going to vigil masses on Saturday evenings, which are the same as going on Sunday. So when I say Sundays for this whole episode, don't worry if you go to mass on a Sunday night. That still counts. Um, But because Jesus rose on a Sunday, we're meant to call to mind the resurrection, that Jesus rose from the dead for us, and he promises us resurrection, eternal life with him in heaven for all eternity. So Sunday is the first day of the week. It orders our attitude toward the rest of the week, but it's also called the eighth day because it comes after seven days of the previous week and because the number eight signifies eternity. The heart of our experience of the Sabbath is the Lord's Day. It's the Mass, and specifically receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. It is central for us as Catholic Christians that it's the absolute bare minimum that we are at Sunday Mass every single week and on Holy Days of Obligation, which happen a few times throughout the year. In the United States, we currently observe six Holy Days of Obligation, six days where we observe or celebrate something so important that we're meant to devote time that day to worship the Lord, celebrate as a community, and to receive Jesus in the Word and in the Eucharist. And those six days in the United States are January 1st, that is the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Now, where I am in Orange County, that um, our province has um, not made that a holy day of obligation, which they're allowed to do, um, but it is an official one for um, the, the United States. Then Thursday of the sixth week of Easter is the second one. That's the Solemnity of the Ascension. Now, again, where I am and a lot of other places, we celebrate that on the next Sunday, Ascension Sunday. Uh, and so instead of making it a different holy day of obligation, the area that we are in um, just allows that to be worshipped on the Sunday. But in Orange County, where I am, and all the rest of these four are the pretty common holy days. And that's August 15th, which is the Solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. November 1st, which is the Solemnity of All Saints, All Saints Day. Uh, December 8th, that's the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of Mary. And December 25th, the Solemnity of the Nativity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, also known as Christmas. So those days we are meant to go and worship as well as every single Sunday. So purposefully missing Mass on a Sunday or a holy day of obligation, unless it's for illness or for a grave reason, is actually considered a mortal sin. Now currently, because of COVID, there's a dispensation for those who are legitimately afraid or unable to attend Mass for health reasons. But we're still required to participate online if possible, and we're still required to honor the Sabbath, to honor the Lord's Day. We don't get a free pass just because we can't physically be at Mass. However, if you're just busy, that does not count. You know, you make time for a lot of other things that you value, yet this should be the most important thing that we value. 
So if right now, if you're going out to restaurants, if you're seeing friends, if you're going into your workplace or your school frequently in person, um, that dispensation really no longer applies. We're expected to be at mass in that situation because it is what we need. We need to honor this commandment from the Lord. So remember, mass is not something that we just watch or come to in order to be entertained. We show up to give of ourselves, to participate. Remember, every mass is a wedding feast. And not only that, it is your wedding feast. So if you need a reminder of that, go back and watch episode 17 on the sacrament of the Eucharist. But while Sunday is the time for worship, it does not end with Mass. You know, it's also an occasion for rest and relaxation. We should make time to be with one another in meals and conversation and activities that deepen our family life. It says in the Catechism, Sanctifying Sundays and holy days requires a common effort. Every Christian should avoid making unnecessary demands on others that would hinder them from observing the Lord's Day. Traditional activities, sport, restaurants, etc., and social necessities, public services, etc., require some people to work on Sundays. But everyone should still take care to set aside sufficient time for leisure. Life is not all about work, or productivity, or earnings, or the hustle. We don't even have a life without God, so we honor what God has asked and spend time in meaningful devotion and worship of God. We spend time serving those in need, and we spend time with family on the Lord's Day. Speaking of family, that moves us to the fourth commandment. The fourth commandment is honor your father and your mother, that you may have a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, first of all, I think it's funny that the way this commandment is worded kind of implies that if you dishonor your parents, you will not have a long life in the land of the Lord, almost like a parent saying like, hey, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of it. But that's not what it means. You see, for the Jewish people at this time, the family was the core of their religious society. And it's meant to be the center of ours. Remember our episode on marriage, that Pope from Pope John Paul II. He says, as the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. And so this commandment brings order to the family. That's part of the reason why this is so necessary and was so necessary for the Jews, so that the stability of society would continue. Remember, each home is considered what's called a domestic church. Basically, a miniature version of the larger church we belong to, meaning that worship should always be at the center of our home. The values and teachings of Jesus should be at the center of our home as well. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to do what he did, and he honored his parents. You know, when Jesus was lost for three days in Jerusalem at the age of 12, his parents, St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary, found him in the temple says this in scripture, after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. Jesus knew where he was supposed to be. But even though his parents did not understand, he was obedient to them. Jesus, God himself, obeyed the fourth commandment. Like, that's awesome. He honored their wishes and returned home. And he started his public ministry 18 years later, believed to be around the time his father died. 
we learn from, G- from Jesus the value of humility and recognizing that being a Christian in a family is about doing what is best for the family, not just for me individually. So it's important to say here also that family or parents may be a difficult subject for you. Maybe they're gone, maybe they're absent, they were absent or abusive uh, or just broken people. You know, no parents are perfect. We honor them as best we can, but we do not approve of or tolerate evil behavior. If you are craving a experience of parenthood that you didn't experience as a child, look no further than the spiritual parenthood of St. Joseph and Mary. Jesus honored them. And to become like him, we must honor them too. So if you struggle with the idea of honoring your parents, honor Mary and Joseph and ask them to pray for healing and guidance and the spiritual gifts that you need to do that in your own family as best you are able. Now, apart from honoring our parents, parents also have an obligation to care uh, for and teach their children and to raise them as faithful Catholics, to ensure that they're baptized, to surround them with good, holy people, and to help them discern their vocation. Children are obligated to obey their parents, to contribute their gifts and time uh, for the good of the home. The church applies this obligation and respect for parental authority also to our role in society as faithful citizens. Catechism says the family is the original cell of social life. It is the natural society in which husband and wife are called to give themselves in love and in the gift of life. Authority, stability, and a life of relationships within the family constitute the foundations for freedom, security, and fraternity within society. The family is the community in which, from childhood, one can learn moral values, begin to honor God, and make good use of freedom. Family life is an initiation into life in society. So when it comes to society, we're called to have the same respect and reverence for civic leaders and those in authority above us, our teachers, coaches, employers, police officers, people in civil and political authority. Now, that does not mean we need to accept or agree with all they do or say, but it does mean we always have to lead with humility and respect and to be faithful to our responsibilities as citizens. Jesus says in Matthew 22, repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. So as Catholics, we must honor God first. We are Catholics first. We must honor him by also honoring those he's placed in our lives, our parents and families, and those he's placed in authority above us. So Catholics have the duty to vote, to pay their taxes, to obey the law, except when it violates God's law, um, to participate in the political arena, to help shape society in light of Catholic teaching and in light of the fact that everyone is created in the image and likeness of God and should be treated with dignity. All of that begins with giving God the worship he deserves by keeping the Sabbath and by learning to extend his love to others, beginning first with our family. Maybe you're like I was. Maybe you're quick to question authority, quick to believe that your way is the best way or the only right way. So if you can relate, I invite you to pray for humility. The world does not revolve around us. It revolves around the sun, S-U-N. But your world, does it revolve around the sun, S-O-N? God has given you everything, your life, this world, your family, and his life on the cross for our sins. We should be so overwhelmed by that gift that our lives become a perpetual gift in return. So honor the Lord's day and honor your father and mother, and your life will be long in the land of the living.